morning, everyone. My name is Lisa Welsh. I'm your host here at Microgreens for growers and consumers. So I hope you guys have had a good week. I hope things have been progressing. We're still sitting in a very interesting place. It seems as if uh, we were at the market last weekend and there were so many people out and there was so much support and love for every vendor. It was great. So I hope that continues. Anyhow, I thought today, this week, I'd kind of mention some more about what we learned during COVID. Because life is constantly teaching us that if we pay attention and listen, so we might learn something. So let's take an inventory of some of the important lessons that we have learned, actually sometimes relearned from our experiences with COVID-19 so far, because really it's not over yet. And there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. So we'll have to see what we are expected to learn. Number one, life is fragile. Our health is what matters most, not our money, not our things. It's health, people, and emotions. When you realize that a silent killer is among us and was killing people, they remind us, they reminds us that nothing will last forever. Though we were quarantined with our family and friends, I mean, some of them, because in some cases I chose not to see certain members of my family because I didn't want to take a chance of getting them sick. Um, but we learned that basically every being that we know needs care, attention, love, and support. And each life matters. Um, whether somebody's in my house or at my job or at the internet provider, because everyone, I'm sure, struggled with internet connection at one point or another during this outbreak. Um, you have to remember they're all human beings and that their lives matter. Their lives are as precious as mine. So this virus is an equal opportunity virus. It does not discriminate. It doesn't get prejudiced. It doesn't get racist. It doesn't get sexist. It just is. Um, so for that, you have to, you know, you should start to look at your fellow man or brother, as I always call other people. They're my brethren. Um, we're all the same. It doesn't have to be anything more complicated than that. It's not supposed to be. Um, number two, our situations and our stories matter. So we realize as we watch and listen to the news, or actually, I don't really watch the news. And for y'all that do, I'm sorry. Um, when I do watch the news, I have panic attacks. So I stay away from that. Um, but we tune into their lives and we watch how people's lives have been affected. People have been shot, people have been killed, um, people have been um, beaten. And we look at their situational struggle and success. And we realize that with each of our experiences, we are creating our own story. But that in one moment, in looking at somebody's 30 seconds of something, uh, 30 seconds of rage, 30 seconds of stupidity, 30 seconds of whatever, heroism, it's only 30 seconds of their life. It doesn't give you enough of a basis to judge anything. Um, because if someone judged you for your worst 30 seconds, what do you think their thought would be? So we're just reminded to listen to the story. Um, and in this moment, just try to remember um, what maybe been going through their head or, or extend some grace in some cases. Some cases, don't get me wrong, there are some horrific things that happen in this country all the time. Not just find that, but I'm just saying, if you think about it from a larger perspective, we all do things uh, just to try to show a little grace. 
Um, let's see here. Life will always surprise us. I don't know about you guys, but you need to expect the unexpected. Realizing this is how life always does work out will help you build kind of the mental and emotional muscles to be resilient. Like, here's the thing. For all you who concern yourself with money, dude, money comes and money goes. I've been broke as a joke. I've had more money than I knew how to spend in a day. And I can spend a lot of money in a day. There are, um, it's just, you never know what's going to happen. You have this great corporate job and you're making six figures. And then all of a sudden, the next day, a venture capitalist buy your company and you're out of work. What? I didn't see that coming. Or I've spent 30 years being loyal to a company to be laid off a year before retirement and there's no pension anymore. I mean, these things happen. And I'm not even talking about from the uh, financial realm. I'm talking about from the emotional realm. You know, I thought we were going to be married forever. I didn't know he was cheating on me. Or I didn't know she was cheating on me. Um, we, remind, we need to be reminded to always be ready and to be sure um, our families and our, and our minds are ready for whatever's going to come. There does, it does nothing to ever be afraid of anything. Because if you have fear and you think about your fear and you invest in that fear and you play the worst case scenario, which is what I used to do. I'd run it down, all the way down. I'd run like, I have contingency plans that go from A to Z and into all the numerics. I think I probably got like, I'm probably like AZ107956 or something at this point. It's just how my brain works. It's always worked that way. When I look at a situation, I, I, I go through about 45 scenarios pretty quickly just to see, okay, what's this, what could this be? What could this not be? It's exhausting. But when we do that in fear because we're afraid of something, um, then we, we feed that fear. We feel that angst or that uh, whatever when we think the situation's gone wrong. And then if it goes bad, we have to feel it all over again. But if it doesn't go bad, we just wasted a bunch of time feeling sad for something that didn't happen. Um, and the other thing is, people watch you. People, I never thought, okay, I have an 18-year-old, so I guess I should have thought. But I only figured the only people who really mattered, it mattered how I presented myself to were my kid. Because I didn't really care what the rest of the world thought, nor did I ever think they were watching. But over the last few months, I've noticed that people are watching me. I don't know why. I definitely don't do anything fun or exciting. Or really, I don't know. I don't think so anyway. But I've had a few people come up to me and say that they look up to me for certain things that I've done. Now, in reality, I know that I have walked in fire and I've come out. I've come out burned, but I've come out um, able to re-imagine myself as something completely different. And not everybody gets the opportunity in life to basically have a restart. And that's how I looked at uh, COVID, honestly, was we'd get some time to regroup, refocus, and go back out there. Um, and I actually enjoy those times because I don't fear uh, the same things as most people. I don't fear running out of money. What's the worst thing that can happen? They take my house? Oh, well... It's not really that big of a deal. It's a material possession. At some point, someone else will have this house anyway. Um, so I never look at it that way. And that mentality literally got me a free house. And by that I mean when I was supposed to be freaking out and abandoning my house because they put it in foreclosure, I didn't. I lived my life. And then the bank went under and I got a free house. So, I mean, there's certain things to just knowing and acting, not necessarily in faith, 
but just not not acting in despair. Um, okay, and this is what's going on right now. Number four, crisis inspires our best or our worst in the moment of challenge. Look, I can agree with protesters and on some level, but I just want everybody to love on each other and do the right thing. I do not believe in socialism on any form. I think the more you allow the government to control your life, the worse off you are. Because you allow anytime you let anybody dictate something to you, you lose a little bit of you. And I think we've done enough of that. And by that, I mean I read a book once called The Four Agreements. Oh, by Sansu, I forget his name. Anyhow, my husband used to read it to me because, well, let's just say there's one part I, I really don't follow. One of the rules is be impeccable with your word. Sometimes I struggle with that with my closest family. Not that I walk around being a hypocrite or a liar. Well, but to them, they see who I am in the world and then they see who I am at home when I get tired of carrying that. Um, wait and it's not so much to say that I'm fake outside of my home but when I was younger I was a bill collector for 15 years and when you're a bill collector you learn to develop really tough skin because people will say very mean things to you all the time and when you're overweight people will say mean things to you and when your brother dies in a car wreck people will say crazy things to you so somebody like me has just learned to pretty much I'm Teflon out there Teflon you cannot break me you cannot say a thing that's gonna affect me but at home, it's different. At home, I actually care what they think. So it becomes slightly different for me. Um, but that's not to say, you know, that you're acting at your best or your worst. But it, it's hard. Um, and human nature typically shows through in times of stress and challenge. Um, the good thing is, is that when you've gone through so many things, you know you can walk through them again. You can walk through them and there's nothing to fear. Um, so I think you need to ask yourself what lessons do you need to learn to bring out your best in a, in a situation are you like the best person when somebody gets cut um, are you best in a crisis to make like meatloaf I mean I don't know everybody's got their thing I am absolutely on point when it comes to emergencies I can follow directions I can, I can think rational and I don't think emotional at all now, in my day-to-day -day life, I am 100% emotional. I could cry if you say something mean about Bambi. No, I'm just playing. Um, but in a crisis, somebody's hurt, somebody's bleeding, somebody needs me, 100% I'm there. And I get it, and I can execute anything that needs to be done. Um, which is probably because I've gone through death of a brother, uh, potential overdose of another brother, um, slitting the wrist of another brother. I mean, like, I've just gone through things. Um, and they weren't pretty. I've gone through my own turmoil. And I'm glad I did. Because today, I can, I can easily deal in a crisis. I don't shut down. I shut down for non-crisis moments, but not in a crisis. So, just think about what makes you bring up, what brings out your best and your worst. And realize that other people... Maybe the jackbutt who cut you off in line, maybe he deals with anxiety by driving really fast and listening to music. That is one way I de-stress. I go as fast as my car will drive on an open road, and I just go. 
and in three minutes, everything in my mind is good. I don't know why. Um, probably because I lived in the country um, when I was got my driver's license and there was a ton of open country roads and I used to think that was fun. So now, even today, if I'm really upset, I just go find some road and hit the gas pedal. But if you see me come barreling down at you in the street, I have, I'm not angry, I'm not upset, it's nothing towards you, it's just what I need to do at the moment. And if I pass you, don't be upset and don't let me and my action affect you. Just think about, they must be going through something, or they really are an insane driver and could kill someone. Think that too, but... Um, just, I don't know, I kind of feel like... I feel like people are, are fundamentally good. And I think fundamentally we all want the similar things. I think that's why we're all in this country. I think those of them who would like a different uh, reality and who hate this country, they should just go. Um, but, you know, there's different living options for everyone. Um, patience. Number five. We need patience, you guys. Because it's a period of uncertainty. Challenge and change. Um, we find ourselves getting more irritated, aggravated, and frustrated. I think I went to the UPS store the other day. And I was like, I think I dropped every alphabetical swear word that could be dropped in like five seconds. Now, in all fairness, I've always talked a little rough, a little aggressive. Um, and usually I'm not. But again, 15 years as a bill collector, you learn how to, how to present a, a verbal voice in one way and how to present um, your true emotions in another. Now, I know exactly how crazy to sound when I call a company and I need them to handle something because I don't want to have to call them again. Now, there are other ways you can do it. There's the nice way, which you can do too. Then there's the mean way that says, I don't want to talk to you. You have no authority here. Go get me a supervisor. And then when they get that supervisor, you say, you probably don't have enough authority either. Go get me your supervisor because I'm not wasting my time with you. And that's kind of discounting and rude. But in certain situations, I've done that. Um because I needed a situation resolved and I needed to go right to the person who could do it. Um, but you just, we have to be patient. I think basically this, my little list I came up with is pointing out my own character defects. Hmm, well, I guess I got them. But here's the thing, have some patience. I can't tell you how many times I get frustrated that my kid just doesn't leave the house. Or my husband, actually, it's not my kid at all. It's my husband, I'm gonna keep it real. I'm like, can you go somewhere? Uh, go to the hardware store. Can you go buy something? Can you go build something? Can you go do something? The, the reality is my husband and I own our own business, obviously. Um, and he works in the grow room and I work on everything else. All the things he doesn't understand, like what's a podcast got to do with anything? Or why are you doing this? I don't understand. Um, why do you make so many grow kits? And then when we sell a whole bunch and we sell out, I go, well, this is why. Because they sell. And I'm happy to do that. And I'm good at seeing those things. But he's very meticulous. Has a little bit of, I would call it OCD. Shh, don't tell him I said that because I know he don't listen to my podcast. Um, but by doing that, he he's excellent at making sure that the plants have the proper nutrients. That everything is all taken care of. Me? Hmm, that is not my thing. I come up with a great idea. Everything looks scattered and everywhere. I try to order things sometimes and I order it twice. I just did that yesterday. Yep, I gotta send something back now. But 
Um, that's just how I operate. And as long as you know your strengths and weaknesses, it's okay. But just be patient with other people who, you know, you're now home with or who now have positions where they work at home all the time. I was in sales, so I had the flexibility to kind of do what I wanted to do. It's weird because with our company, my husband, I put in charge of sales, or actually I didn't put him in charge of sales. He decided that um, he was going to do sales. And honestly, selling people on paying their debts for 15 years, selling people on um, underground pipes, okay. I mean, you're talking million dollar contracts and you're talking people paying millions of dollars in debts and we're selling vegetables and well, they're not worth millions of dollars. But I just, it's nice. It's nice not to have to have the pressure of going out and being the salesperson. Now I do work the farmer's market on Saturday and I will absolutely help any customer that needs my help. But most of the customers I help are the ones online. The people, the other farmers who have questions, the the, um, people in other countries who want to learn things and I help them. And I like that. I actually found by taking myself out of my assumed role, and my husband just being willing to, to jump in and try it out. It's been a great thing. And honestly, he's killing it as a salesperson. He's got some nice customers already, which is pretty cool. And it gives him a sense of real contribution. You know, if all he does is just grow the plants, then even though he provides the product which we sell, it probably doesn't feel like enough. So since he has the product and the relationships with people, then that's good for him. And it keeps him talking to other people besides me. Because after, let's see, we've been locked up since, what was it, May, March? March, maybe? I don't know. It's probably been like six months. We've been locked in our house together. I've gone on a few vacations. I'm going on one tonight. Um, so that's why I'm doing the show early. But um, he hasn't gone anywhere. He doesn't like to travel. It's not his thing. So he's always home. So I feel like I don't ever get that time alone at home, you know, where you sing at the top of your lungs to nobody. Or am I the only one who does that? I am not the only one who does that. Don't play with me. I know some of you out there do that. So just be patient and, again, expect the unexpected. Um, Our situations and stories do matter. And life is fragile, you know. Everything... It's important, but the number one thing, the most important thing you do not want to forget about. None of us are as smart as all of us. What do I mean? Collaboration. Let me just tell you. Virtually, you can talk to anybody, anywhere, anytime. You got Zoom and all these things. Everybody's making these available uh, to talk to people. But, and if it, my Next best idea, which is coming up soon, is an idea I had from walking around the lake with a friend. We went for a walk. We were talking about this and that. The next thing I said, yeah, I just, I got to figure out how to keep the business pivoted, right? Because I'm a farmer. So I went from selling a little bit of produce, basically, at the farmer's market to the farmer's market is shut down and there's nothing you can sell. What? What do you mean? And oh, by the way, the restaurants that you had just arranged to have deals with, Um, they're shut down too. So, all that stuff that you're growing, hmm, well, you're out of luck. So, figure out what you're going to do with it. Well, I don't know. I 
We just became farmers, so I don't even know enough about agriculture to know what to do. But guess what? I figured it out. I came up with a way to dehydrate microgreens. Well, I wasn't like I came up with it on my own. I didn't invent something. Well, that would be cool. But I found a way to take my microgreens and dehydrate them into a raw state, which would mean that they didn't lose nutritional value, and turn them into seasonings. But I thought, well, everybody can do that, right? I mean, if I figured it out, I'm sure the really smart people have definitely figured it out. What could be my thing that I do differently than everybody else? Wait, I got it. I don't cook. So especially when I try to sell this to people or tell people that they laugh because I don't cook. I don't cook because my mom is a chef. My mom has been a very accomplished chef for a very long time. And it's intimidating to me, so I don't cook. Which is fine. Not fine for my husband, but he's dealing with it. Anyhow, but since I don't cook, I can't really tell you how great it is or this would be a great pairing between blah, blah, blah and blah, blah, blah. Because I don't know. I don't really care. Food is one of those things that oh, I like to eat, but it doesn't really matter in that context to me. So how am I going to prov provide something maybe value added? Wait a second. I got a famous, pretty famous chef who's my mother. Ma, tell me what to do. How can I market this? What would you do with this? And she comes and she tastes things and she does things. I don't know how she does it, but whatever. She does the things. And there are people who are very good at that. They can um, pick out colors. Matter of fact, we made masks for, um, one of the ways we pivoted was to make masks. And my neighbor would put together these gorgeous masks. And I had just learned how to sew. Like, I think I've used my sewing machine. I made two quilts so far. And a whole bunch of masks now. And I, she said, well, you gotta make masks. And she showed me a blueprint and she walked me through it. And I started doing that. And um, we'd go to the colors, the, the color store, the fabric store. And she would pick out these awesome fabrics and they looked good together. I mean, they, her masks are really nice. As a matter of fact, we still have them at the farmer's market and we do still sell them. Um, but she'll make anything for anyone. I had a customer come in this last week and she wanted, I think it was a, octopus it was an octopus maybe it was a squid anyhow she wanted that mask and we had one and it was sold and so she was really upset about it so I picked up the phone and I called my neighbor and said hey can you make one more and my neighbor had just decided that she was not long not going to make anymore because she was going to move on to some of her other art things which is like painting and whatnot she's very artistic um but she said yeah I'll take care of it for you and I thought well oh, I'm very fortunate that I have very artistic and creative people all around me uh, the Instagram thing I still don't get my other neighbor takes care of that for me um, my son takes care of Facebook I mean I mean there's just people around me who have these gifts and I think one of my my talents is that I'm able to recognize people for their gifts and able to ask them to contribute or to help me in ways that is fun for them and they don't mind and I think very fulfilling for both of us so maybe that's what it is, but that's only because collaboration is our best component. When I walked around that lake with my friend and she was talking to me about what was going on in her life and uh, I was like, hmm, how can I, what could I do about that? And then it came to me, you know, what if we started looking at our process a little bit differently? What if instead of making grow kits of just random vegetables, what if we were very intentional with what, what 
vegetables we put together. Like these vegetables do this thing. So we're going to put them all together and, and, and go that way. And I think it's going to be an excellent um, addition for things to come. And I'm excited for it. I am very much excited for it because one of the other reasons we began our company was so that people everywhere really should have access and resources for appropriate nutrition. But I had a friend who, who was sick and she died and it has always bothered me. Um, one of the last few times I saw her, what she said was that she just felt she couldn't eat anything that was healthy. Like She's like, I, I have to eat all this crap food, you know, junk food basically, to put weight on because she's withering away. And yet all she wants is something that she can feel good about eating because she always felt good about taking care of herself. And um, so I wish I would have known all about microgreens then because I definitely would have made sure she had some. But... I mean, I do today know about them. So today I can make a difference and try to help people who maybe want the same thing. And that's another reason why by making them dehydrated, we make them shelf stable. If they're shelf stable, well, you can do a lot more things with them. So you have to collaborate, which means you got to talk to people, which means you have to be willing to put out and say out like the dumbest things. Like one of the things I posted in one of my groups was, why are we growing vegetables at all? If we can get the nutrients out of tiny vegetables, why are we growing big vegetables? For like six months a year, why are we not going for short grow rotations? And I didn't really get any interesting answers other than one who said, yeah, that's because if you eat certain vegetables at that stage, they are poisonous. Well, that's true. Um, nobody grows those, of course, because um, they're poisonous. But, so, if you had to give up the world with a little less vegetables, would you, um, maybe you had to give up, let's just, I think it's, uh, I think it's tomatoes. Tomatoes is one of them that you can't eat, but you could grow them into a different way. And tomatoes aren't even a long heart-taking crop. I'm talking about, like, why does my broccoli got to come from California and I live in Florida? Why do I live in Florida and we eat California oranges? Seriously, Florida, I don't even know why you allow California oranges in I'm just saying, we got orange groves all over the place around here. But, you know, people want it to look a certain way. You know, why do I, why do I not want my food spray painted so that it looks a certain color? Because oh, I think that's gross. Um, but we do all these things to have food, and then a lot of times it gets wasted because if it doesn't look good, you know, it goes to that. Now they got these bruised vegetable companies, which are great. But what if I didn't have to do any of that? What if I literally could have some seed, and I grow it, and in five days I'm eating it and that's my vegetable content for an entire week what's so hard about that it took me no extra electricity it took me a little bit of water and like two minutes a day why can't we do this why can't we literally change the world and think this way I don't have a good answer for why not can't we do this I know all the reasons I feel we could do this um, but I'm sure there's probably a big why not uh, maybe they think people aren't smart enough to take care of it, but I don't know. I think it's an opportunity to try to do things. And I think if you at home have heard this podcast and you are have never grown your own vegetable, uh, send me a line at um, info at vitalityfarmscompany.com and I will get you a grow kit. I don't even care because you have to feel empowered to take care of your own food. I never thought of the importance of that until um, 
till I was sitting here thinking that I can't grow anything. I can't, you know, I'm not, I don't cook. I don't grow anything. I don't do this. I don't do that. You know, this whole nag list on myself. And I realized that just because I don't doesn't mean I can't. So for the last year, I've been doing all the things I thought I couldn't do. I sew. That's really why I picked up sewing. I had always wanted to build or make a quilt for my son when he was 18 and would go off to college. You know, like uh, memories with mommy kind of thing because I'm a crazy helicopter parent. Ha ha ha. I would say that's not true, but it probably is. Um, and I love my kid and I have enjoyed all the time I've got to spend with him and I hate that he's 18 and I hate that he's applying to college and I want him to succeed in life don't get me wrong but it's like then what um so I guess my husband and I will have to he'll have to my husband will have to start traveling because that will be fun but nonetheless I wanted to do it for him and I always said oh I'll just pay someone to do it I could pay someone to do it but there's nothing in it behind that so I made a I joined a quilting class at my church and man, I learned how to use my sewing machine. And it was very, very exciting for me to take something that I thought I couldn't do. And I mean, I'm not the greatest at it, but if I slow down and take my time, I do a pretty decent job. And now today I'm making, literally today, I'm making a quilt for my mother for Christmas of my brother who passed away, a memory quilt for her, which I always thought she should have. Uh, he died in 1990, so uh, we're in... 2020 so yeah um a few years ago now i always thought she should have one we kept his clothes and certain things forever and um now that i'm making the quilt we don't have them which is kind of funny but nonetheless i'm just honored that i get the opportunity to do things so if something scares you go ahead and try it and collaborate with other people and even if you think that they're off talking about vegetables and you don't know anything about what they're talking about sometimes just listening to them or asking a question will spark something in them that will create a result that they didn't realize was there. So I hope you guys have a good week. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.